Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. My, uh, my name is Brian Sparks, lead pastor here at the church. We're so honored to have you here. Uh, we believe that you're not here by accident and not just because your crazy friend invited you, but we've actually been praying for you. And, uh, and we, we, we believe this, that we are the church for someone. We might not be the church for everyone, but we are the church for someone. And, uh, and we pray that this would be your church home, uh, that you would come and you'd get plugged in uh, because we really do believe that the church is, is the hope for the world. We really do believe that, amen? If you got a Bible, we're, come on, we're, we're starting a brand new series, kicking off a brand new series today, and uh, it's not about you. Come on, I just touch three people around you and say, it's not about you. This is going to come a shock to some. It's not about you. It's not about you brand new series. I'm excited about this series. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, if you don't, if you don't make it to all of them, it's okay. You're here today. Uh, and you can go online and you can hear the messages. Uh, and, and we encourage you to do that. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, come on and hearing by the word of God. So I think it's important. Uh, but if you have a Bible, turn to Matthew five, Matthew five, we're going to read verse 14 through 16, Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16, says this, you, this is Jesus speaking, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's good preaching just by itself. Amen. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, you can title this message, The Ripple Effect. The Ripple Effect. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. So, Lord, right now, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. On August 14th in 2003, something very unusual happened. There was a massive power outage that swept across the Midwest and Northeast of our country. It actually even got into parts of Canada. And, uh, and it, it was, it was an incredible thing because, you know, come on, we live in Royce City. We know what power outages are like, right? <laughs> and all the non-Royce City people, you have no idea. It's inside joke. It's okay. But we, we, it seems like we lose power like, Daily, but uh, but but here's the thing: is it this massive power outage swept across the country? And how many of you know it, it's August and and it's hot, right? And so it, this it's kind of an annoyance. Uh, and it's I mean, you like AC? Come on, we all love AC in the in the hot summertime. And and so this big thing it left 10 million people without power. 
And it wasn't like, oh, just a blip where it was back on in, in the next, you know, 30 minutes, come on, uh, or the next hour. It wasn't one of those things. It lasted hours and hours and hours. Some people were without power for days. And, and it was, it was one of those things that it was, it was just a bug that hit the system and, and it just shut everything down and, and it, and, and it left people scrambling. For most people that lived in the area, you know, come on, it's just hot, it's muggy, uh, you're annoyed by the whole situation. But there was another group of people that were greatly impacted by it and that was the people that were trying to fly out. Because the greatest city that was hit was New York. New York was completely dark. No power, no nothing. And every airport had to come to just, just shut down. They, they actually shut the doors, locked the doors and said, go home. There's no way we can fly you out. You just need to go find it. It left people scrambling for hotels. Come on. Just, I need a place to sleep. I need to find a place. But every hotel was without power. So people were doing, come on, the old ledger signing in with just a piece of paper and, and, and they were trying to find it. And every hotel was dark. Every house was dark and as darkness crept in on the city come on they uh, people saw something that they had never seen the stars come on and 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 it, it left the city completely dark and completely black but there was one hotel that had power the marriott set as a beacon of hope, come on, in the middle of a dark city. Everything around it was completely black. Everything around it was dark. There, I mean, it was just complete pitch black darkness. And what happened is, is that the people that saw this began to flock to this hotel. Because how does a, a, a hotel have power when everybody else doesn't? How is it showing light when nobody else is? And so it, they began to flock to this hotel. And when they walked in, come on, just like you, you walk in from a hot August day, they were greeted with a wonderful air conditioning. Amen. There was light in the foyer. There was music playing over the speakers. There was there were televisions talking about the power outage that had hit their, their city. And, and they're walking in and they're wondering, how in the world is this hotel uh, uh, have light when nobody else does? And so they walked up to the manager and they asked uh, the manager, how is this happening? How do you have power? Like, are you just this weird thing that just, just, just escaped the power outage? And he said, no, you don't understand. When we built this hotel, they put in a, a, a gas-powered generators. And the gas-powered generators kick on if there's ever a power outage. So we're able to sustain power uh, to the entire hotel for days and weeks at a time because of these gas-powered generators. So what he was saying is this, that they had something on the inside that wasn't affected by what was going on on the outside. See, they had something that caused their light to shine in the darkness. They had something on the inside of them that caused them to be a beacon of light to everybody around that was wondering what, what there was no hope, like what's going to happen? I don't know what's going on. There was confusion. And here's the thing is Jesus says that you are the light of the world. You are called to be a city that's set on it. It says, let your light so shine before men. And I'm tired of a church that's just talking about the darkness. Well, you don't understand, brother. We, we, got a, we got a lot of problems with this election. No, you don't understand. The last time I checked, Jesus is still on the throne no matter who's president. 
And we need to be a people that don't, don't talk about the darkness and don't say, oh, well, you don't understand. The world is getting darker and darker and darker. Jesus didn't say, talk about the darkness. Jesus said, be a light in the darkness. And I think people don't understand that you're actually, here's the thing, is they, God has no backup plan. Right. Come on. You're it. Some of you are like, oh man, God's in trouble. <laughs> no backup plan. Here's the thing is we have been called and we have been chosen to be a people that are a light in a dark world. You are put into workplaces, into schools, come on, into grocery stores, not to, not to contribute to the darkness, but to be a light to people, to, to shine your light before men so that they can see the hope that is Jesus. Here's the thing, is that but we, if we're ever going to make an impact, if we're going, ever going to make a difference, we must understand one thing, that it's not about you. Here's the thing, if salvation was the key and was the goal, as soon as you got saved, God would just knock you in the head and you're gone. How many of you are thankful that doesn't happen? Amen. It'd be hard to get people saved because you'd be like, no, I'll just wait a little while. But that's not the goal. See, here's the thing, is that when you get saved, he says this, go be a light. Go show people the hope that you found. Go tell somebody about Jesus. And, and here's the thing, is that we are called to be a beacon of hope in the middle of suffering humanity. But we'll never get it if we think it's about us. Well, I, I, I come into this church and... And I didn't like the greeter. That, that gr- lady didn't even say hi to me. Can you believe that lady didn't say hi to me? I can't get your purse. Huh? Uh, the music's too loud. Preacher's too bald. They let women preach. Come on. Here's the thing. The donuts were a little stale. Coffee was too black. I didn't like it. It's too strong. Here's the thing. It's not about you. And what we have done is we have become a church of consumers and critics and not people who get into the ditch and say, you know what? I understand that it's not about me and what I like. I'm here to reach people, to love people, to be, uh, to make a difference in people's lives. And if we would ever get a hold of this and grab a hold of the, what the church is called to be, we can't build a building big enough. Because if we ever start acting like Jesus, if we ever start saying, you know what, I'm going to be a light in a dark situation. I'm not going, I'm not going to go around talking about the darkness, but I'm just going to make a decision to shine in the middle of this darkness. I love what Howard Hendricks says. He says, in the midst of a generation screaming for answers, the church is stuttering. In the midst of a generation that's screaming for answers, the church is without answers. Here's the thing, is that God wants us to be a voice. 
God wants us to speak up. God wants us to love people. God wants us to care about people. Amen. And here's, here's the deal is that I think this, I think a lot of us make it more difficult than it really is. We get this mindset to where we think, well, if I can't do something big, I'll do nothing at all. Because I just don't have the time, come on, I, I don't have the time to go into third world country and feed uh, orphans. I just don't have that time. Here's the thing, is that God does, if God hasn't called you to that, you're not supposed to do it. But what he has called you to, and where he has placed you, that's where you're supposed to make an impact. That's where you're supposed to affect. We're in your workplace. Come on, young people, in your schools. You're not called to conform to your schools. You're called to, to, to transform your schools. And I think that we make it more difficult than it is because the truth is, is I believe this. I believe that God has called you, not necessarily to, to transform your whole situation, but I believe this. I believe he's called you to make a ripple. Y'all, y'all, come on, y'all thrown a, a pebble into the, uh, to the a lake sometime. And you know what happens is, is that, that starts at one place, the ripple starts, and it goes outward. And I think that that's the way the kingdom of God works. Is that we think that if we can't make a big splash, we just won't make anything. But the truth is, is that some of us are here to make a ripple. Some of us are here just to make a ripple. And I think that if that became the cry in the prayer of our heart, we would make a bigger impact as a church. Here's the thing, is that God has called you. You come into a church, and you, you come in to get encouraged and equipped to go back into a hurting world. To make a ripple. How do we make a ripple? Come on, we sing songs like, this little light of mine. Come on, somebody. I'm going to let it shine. Come on. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Come on, sing it. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it. Come on, we sing songs like that, but how do we do it? How do we do that? Well, I don't, I don't stand on a stage, Brian. I can't preach like that. How do we cause ripples? Can I give you three simple things in a way that you can cause a ripple everywhere you go? Number one, we cause ripple with our prayers. We cause a ripple with our prayers. James 5.16 says this, admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And I love this part. This is where I want to focus. The earnest prayer of a righteous man or woman has great power and wonderful results. Come on. The earnest prayer of a righteous man or woman has great power and wonderful results. Here's the thing, church. I think a lot of us treat prayer like a spare tire instead of our steering wheel. And God hasn't called, if we really believe that prayer was powerful, come on, you couldn't keep us from praying. You, you, could, you couldn't stop us from praying. We would pray everywhere. If I told you this, you could call me anytime and I would give you whatever you wanted. You wouldn't get off the phone with me. Huh? 
you would pick up the phone every time you had a need. God, I need this. God, hey, hey, Brian, I need this. Hey, Brian, I need this. Hey, Brian, can you give me this? You would always be on uh, on the phone with me. And here's the thing, is that we have a direct line to God. We can go boldly into his throne room. Come on, we can go in and we can ask the Father and he will give. Here's the deal, is that I don't believe that Christians really believe prayer is as powerful as it is. I don't think that we really believe it because we go to it as a last resort. It's a last ditch effort. Well, I guess all I got left to do is pray. All you have left to do? It's the first thing you should do. But what we do is, is we think that prayer isn't working because we don't see it immediately. It's getting quiet in here. It's not working immediately. Well, I I prayed five minutes ago and it didn't happen. Really? Here's the thing is that you got to understand that God is working even when you don't see him working. God is moving on your behalf even when you don't see it happening. God is working for you. When you when you go into his throne and you say, God, I need you to help me in this, you might not have an immediate result, but I promise you the answer is on its way. Prayer is powerful. And you got to understand that you can cause a ripple with your prayer that can affect people. Crystal and I went to um, Mexico this year on vacation, and everybody said, "Amen to Mexico." And uh, we're we're um, we're sitting on the beach. She's in the sun, and I'm in the shade. <laughs> when we come back from vacation, they'll say, "Crystal, you look so tan. You're like glowing." And they're, "Brian, you're just as white as when you left." I'm like, "Good. I did what I was supposed to do." I stayed in the shade. Come on. I'm not dummy. I'm Caucasian. I'm supposed to be this color. And all the pale pasty people said, amen. amen. But here's the thing is that, that uh, we're sitting there and we're on the beach and I'm in the shade. She's in the sun. And all of a sudden these people come up and they sit beside us. And uh, you know how it is. You kind of, you kind of just got to. I mean, I'm from Texas. You got to be friendly. And uh, and so I say hi to them, and they say hi back, and they have English accents. Come on, that's cooler than Texas accents. Amen. And uh, and so I was like, Hey, where are you from? And so we just kind of struck up a conversation, and we're talking back and forth. And and what always happens in those situations is eventually it comes out. What do you do for a living? Do y'all get that? See, but y'all get to answer with normal things like I'm a teacher. Or, come on, construction, or whatever, fill in the gap. But when you answer, I'm a pastor, people go, what? Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's conversation over. They're like, no, you're good, bye. I'm like, oh, really? But, but this, this, uh, this couple, they just got married and, and they, they, I mean, they were completely shocked that we were pastors. And, uh, and, and because in, in their mind, we didn't act like normal pastors. We didn't, we didn't carry that vibe. And, and, and so they, they're just amazed. They're like, no, really? You're not pastors. And we're, yeah, we're pastors. And no, seriously. No, yeah, we're, pa- this happens more often than, you, yeah, we really are pastors. And, and what happened is, 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 is shortly into the conversation, he mentioned, he goes, you know what? Well, I'm a Muslim. And I said, okay. And I think he got on guard because he thought I was going to like come at him. And I just said, okay. And we just continued our conversation. 
Just continue talking. And throughout this whole time, we're, I, I, I'm meeting with them. We had dinner together, and we're talking, and we're hanging out, and I'm just being friendly. I'm just being nice to the guy. He's a, he's a super cool guy. He's a really nice guy. And so I'm just talking to him and hanging out. And, and di- over dinner one day, he says this. He said, you know, my granddad was a Baptist minister. And he, he had prayed until the day he died that I would become a Christian. Now, I wish I could say that there on the beaches of Mexico, I led him to Jesus. That would be a really cool end to that story. But that didn't happen. But what I was, was a light. And I just was a normal person that loves Jesus with all his heart. And isn't it amazing, some of y'all are like, well, how does that have anything to do? Isn't it amazing that his granddad prayed that one day he would receive Jesus, that he would become a Christian. And of all the months in the year, he picked the month we went. Of all the weeks, come on, he picked the very week that we went. Of all the hotels and all the beaches in Mexico, he showed up at our beach. And of all the chairs, he sat down right next to mine. Can I tell you this? That even after his grandfather has passed away, the prayers did not. And I want to say that God is working on your behalf even when you don't see it. You might not see it in your lifetime, friend, but can I tell you that one day you could be impacting generations to come if we would just become a people of prayer. Burn 203 calories. (laughs) Getting it. Some of you are like, what? I don't know about this guy. (laughs) Sorry. Don't give me a watch that gives me reminders all the time. Prayer is powerful, church. Prayer is powerful. And I think that we need to be a church and a people of prayer. Two times a year in August, we do 21 days of prayer. And in January, we do 21 days of prayer. Why? Because we want to be a church whose foundation is in prayer. But I want your life to understand, I want you to understand that when you begin to pray for your coworkers, when you begin to pray for your children, come on, when you begin to pray for your mom and your dad and your pastors, come on, when you begin to pray that you are creating a ripple that you might not see, but God says this, I am working on your behalf even when you don't see it. second way we cause ripples we cause a ripple with our words we cause a ripple with our words in James 3 8 through 10 says this but no man can tame the tongue it is an unruly evil come on look at somebody that you know needs to hear this Don't really. You looked at your wife, dude. You are dead. (laughs) Rookie mistake, dude. Don't look at your wife. (laughs) Full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made, come on, in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing. 
my brethren, these things ought not to be so. Here's the thing is that we need to understand that words are powerful. That words make an impact. That words make a difference in people's lives. Come on. It says this, that you bless your God, but you curse men. Can I tell you, whoever came up with the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt is an idiot. (laughs) Complete and total idiot because the truth is is words are some of the most scarring things that you'll ever you you could ever say there are people that can they they can literally have their self-esteem destroyed and it can change the very course of their entire lives for for just because of a few words some of you have been impacted by words of your father or your grandfather or your grandmother and it's changed the way you see yourself and you think man i'm not good enough can i tell you the word of god is that you are good enough that he loves you just the way you are he cares about you he has a future he has a hope for you Words are powerful, and they can change the very course and the very way we see ourselves. Dodie Osteen is Joel Osteen's mom, and uh, she contracted uh, polio at a young age, and uh, she survived, obviously, and, but she had a, a one leg that was shorter than the other. And she walked with a very severe limp. And it was something that she was always very self-conscious about. Come on, as a young girl, she was different than everybody else. She looked different. She walked different. She saw herself like, man, there's something wrong with me. This is horrible. And that's just the way she saw herself. And she was very self-conscious about the way she walked. So she was very, she was always kind of standoffish and quiet. But then one day she was walking into church. And a man who we don't know the name of saw her walking down the aisle. And he says, there's Dodie. She walks like a princess. And here's the thing. Dodie said that it didn't change the way she walked, but it changed the way she carried herself. Because all of a sudden, she stopped seeing what she wasn't and started seeing what she was. And here this man is, he speaks words of life. He speaks words, and it changed her and the way that she carried herself. Can I tell you that you can go into situations, you can go into circumstances, and you can begin to speak life into those situations. You can speak hope and love and care. you got to stop talking like the world talks, and you got to start talking about people like God talks about people. What if we change the way we spoke? Were you one of them name it and claim it guys? Yes, I am. I believe there's power in your mouth. I believe that you can get what you say if you say it long enough. Come on, church. You got to understand, you don't want to get divorced and stop talking about divorce. Every time you get into a fight, you say, well, maybe we should just get divorced. You wonder why your marriage is on the rocks. It's because you keep saying divorce. She has no security. Because every time you get into an argument, you're talking about walking out. That's not even in my notes. That's free. (laughs) There's power in your words. 
And I don't care what, well, I just say it like I think it. No, you need to put a guard on your mouth. And you need to stop saying everything that you think. Because here's the thing, is that if I said everything that I think and everything that I wanted to say, guess what? I wouldn't be your pastor. (laughs) My board would have me removed very quickly. Because here's the thing, is that God has called us to speak life and not cursing. Come on, you can, you can cause scars or you can heal. Which one do you want to be known for? You're causing a ripple with your words. And here's the thing, is some of you right now, you're like, oh my gosh. I've spoke so bad. Can I tell you the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. You can make a decision that from now on, I'm not cursing my kids. I'm not cursing my spouse. I'm not cursing my job. But I'm going to speak words of life. Third way, and I'm done. We cause a ripple with our actions. 1 Timothy 6.18 says, Command them to do good. To be rich in good deeds. And to be generous and willing to share. Come on. Some of y'all are going to remind your wife of that when you're eating lunch. (laughs) Command them to do good deeds. Here's what what the book of, of, of Timothy is telling us. Is this, that your actions make an impact. Here's the thing, is that we need to be known more for what we are for than what we're against. As a church, we need to understand that our actions are powerful and we need to love people. We need to care about people. Here's the thing, is that our actions make a difference in people's lives. There was a a man named Paul Jones. At the age of four, he says, I remember this. He was in the supermarket with his mother. And somehow he got separated from his mom. Come on, and, and if you've ever had that happen, you freak out, right, as a parent. You're, she was looking everywhere for him, but she couldn't find him anywhere. Of course, at four years old, Paul was, didn't know what to do, so he just began to cry. He lost his mom. Come on, and at four years old, your mom is everything. And so he just began to cry, and, and a man saw him crying in the middle of this busy supermarket. And he walks over to the young, uh, to this four-year-old Paul and he says, it's okay. And he begins to comfort him with his words. He picks him up and says, I'm going to stay with you until you find your mother. I'm not going to leave you. And then he began to joke with him and make him laugh and say, it's going to be okay. We'll have you back with your mom in just a minute. And he, and, and Paul said this made such an impact on him. That he, even from that moment on, he made a decision that he was going to live his life repaying that one act of kindness. He said, I'm, I, I just made up my mind. That man was so kind to me and helped me through a really traumatic situation. I'm going to live my entire life repaying that one act of kindness. Because of that, he, he, uh, uh, he, he founded an organization called the Robin Hood Foundation. And he has given $1.5 billion to needy people. Here's the thing. Is that man 
who comforted a four-year-old didn't know who he was impacting. He was just acting. And here's the thing is that you don't know who you're going to make a difference in. And when you go around and you treat everybody like God would treat them and you love everybody like God would love them and you treat everybody like I can make a difference with my actions. I can make a difference by blessing somebody. I can make a difference by saying hello to that person. I can make a difference with my actions. You never know who you're impacting with one act of kindness. You don't know who you're impacting because you decided that I'm going to act out in love. Your actions create a ripple in people's lives. Stand on your feet. Lord, right now, pray for every person here. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that we would be a church that understands that it's not about us. Lord, that we are here because you have called us to be a light in the darkness, a beacon of hope to everyone hurting around us. Lord, I pray for every person here. Lord, that as they go out, they would understand this. And they would realize their prayers are powerful. That their words can bring life. And their actions can heal. Lord, I pray that we would be your church. Lord, not a church of religion, but a church like you called us to be. That we would really have our arms wide open. And we would echo your invitation to come as you are. Lord, that we would echo the invitation to the hurting, to the lost, to those people that are searching. Lord, that we would be that light that you've called us to be. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.